They were probably, they really outperformed expectations last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were, there's no way with that pitching staff and with Sale being hurt that they should have been good last year. Right. So. Then we get to the, yeah, then we get to the AL champion. We get the ALCS. It was, oh, we'll just be better next year. It's like, um. It doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> but, you know, who am I? So I'm not like overly devastated by the Red Sox this year, mm-hmm. mainly because FSG is making me amazingly happy on the <laughs> other side of the pond. That's kind oh, of yeah. helping. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like that's one. You know, I keep saying every week, oh, I'm just not really into baseball yet. That is like a monster reason why I'm not that into baseball yet. That makes sense. Is the fact that you know the football is keeping me like so good right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they still have time to turn it around, but yeah, this was. I, I just I I saw so many people were like so high on the Red Sox, and I'm like, mm, it what might mean, not be that good. good seats in Fenway tonight. <laughs> yeah. Plenty, plenty of good seats around Major League Baseball. I've been noticing. Oh yeah, Man, not just not seen? just in the Miamis of the world. No God, everywhere. Have you seen the Cincinnati Reds? Oh, because, so, because if you have, please call and report to the police where they are because I don't think they showed up yet. So I knew I knew they were bad. I'd been following them a little bit. I knew that their owner or their owner's son had like made an ass of himself on local radio before the season started. I knew I knew all of this. And I knew they had been like playing bad. But man, I didn't realize because I hadn't really watched any of their games really until yeah. someone brought it up like a day or two ago, and I just happened mm-hmm. to click on. It. I was like, "Oh, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is very bad." Man, they're hideous. Shit, we could literally sit here and talk baseball all night. Like Anthony Rendon's batting. Like, how bad a fucking contract is that? The Angels are like, that's, I think, what's going to kill the Angels in the long run is just they made a lot of really good moves, but mm-hmm. every one of them was canceled out by an absolutely horrendous move. Yeah. And the problem is their horrendous moves are all like massive money. Yes. It's like, man, all their, go- all their good moves is like, man, this guy's making like 700 grand this year. This guy's making 800 grand. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, we did really good. We got these guys. We got these four guys for like 400,000 for like 4 million bucks. It's like, oh, and we're paying Anthony Rendon like $28 million to hit like 220 with three home runs. It's it's such a joke, man. They're great. I just, I I don't want Mike Trout to go to the Yankees, please. Yeah, I just don't want to lose. I just don't want to look at the Yankees right now. Them and their 11 straight wins can kiss my ass. Uh, let's, let's, let's look, actually. Because, well, this is probably what's going to happen during the summer. Don't you worry. Um, so obviously Trout's on a, on a, on a huge contract as he should. Um, but then yeah, Rendon is on, is this year one? Oh no, it's year two. Well, year two. two or three. 
year two of a seven-year, $245 million deal. He's he is making he is making five million dollars less than Trout this year and will make more than him the the next four years of the contract per year. Like and yes, I do know he just singled in the yeah, I was gonna say, before. as I talk shit about him, he smoked one <laughs> off the wall, but who cares? The fucking Red Sox, Jesus. Oh, but and then and then you look at like literally Shohei Otani is making five and a half million this year and goes into next year in in uh and is uh in his arbitration year. Oh yeah. The the weirdness of baseball contracts, you know, I understand we just had a lockout over money and everything, but the weirdness of baseball contracts is just like insane. It's so weird. Because you literally in this sport you literally get paid off of what you did. Mm-hmm. And it's like these owners cannot figure out like, man, yeah, he's 32 and you know, yeah, he's been really good. Let me give him a 15-year contract and pay him $35 million a year and then just be stunned. Oh, great. They're just blowing it out now. Um, and then like be stunned when you know, at age thirty-eight, with ten years left on their contract. Oh man, he's slow and can't hit anymore. Oh, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> well, that's why. Oh, like, yeah. we only owe him the gross domestic uh, product of Guam for the next decade. <laughs> well, that's why, like, I know a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but like some, maybe some more of like the player-leaning people were pissed mm-hmm. off at the uh, the Acuna deal that the Braves made. But mm-hmm. like that's that's what they should be doing. Like, oh, we have this great young talent. Okay, yeah. he he's twenty three. Let's lock him up for eight years. Let's lock him up for the literal prime of his year. And we, even if we have to overpay a little bit for his prime, we'll do it. Like, yeah. oh man, it's it was I mean, such a good deal. Yeah. I mean, Acuna. I mean, even Tatis Junior. You know. And the thing is, some of these guys are going to be misses because you just never know how shit will happen. But, I mean, like, Tatis, people are like, oh, how are you giving all this? It's like, because if you don't now, you're going to lose them in, like, three years. Yeah. You know, so, you know, especially these these organizations that aren't the fucking Yankees and aren't mm-hmm. the fucking Mets with all their money, you know, you've kind of got to do this. Yeah. You're stupid not to at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Nationals are doing everything they can with Soto, but I think Soto's like, uh, I'll be on now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so you'll see, I mean, some guys are going to take it because they're like, shit, you know, this is, this is, you know, I'm financially set for life now at the age of like 22. Mm-hmm. And some guys are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take the chance because I'll make even more if I, you know, if everything goes well and, you know, I get to free agency. Right. More power. I mean, you know, I'm one of those. I never begrudge anybody what they make. I think you're Mm -hmm. worth what somebody's willing to pay you. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I never begrudge an athlete for making their money. Mm -hmm. I will look at an owner and GM and be like, (laughs) y'all are freaking idiots. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, if you want to give a 39-year-old Albert Pujols a five-year contract, just for example, I mean, hey, (sighs) that's on you. But, you know. Yeah. It's not Albert's fault. I mean, I was just like, mm, okay, sure. <laughs> Don't get mad at him when he sucks. So frustrating. Well, speaking of sucking, let's talk some football, Ed. 
Hey! <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Welcome oh, yeah. everyone to the Foreign Affair Podcast. It's going to be a good one. Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 413 here. Uh, it's going to be a good one and a fun one today, everyone. Uh, we got we got some footballs to talk about. Uh, and it's uh, if you are a Man City fan, you uh, if, if you stopped fun. crying... Uh, you may end up crying again, and uh, you should probably just go ahead and cover your ears, because uh, this is not going to be fun for you. Luckily, um, hard to find the real Man City fans who work. That's true. Um, so yeah, we are going to be talking about that. Uh, we have plenty else to talk about too. Uh, I also thought uh, we might take a quick trip around Europe and just see where things stand. We're only about two or three weeks left in pretty much everybody's seasons, so we'll take a look at like the the top five leagues and the championship and just see where things are at this point as, as we, as we hit the final hurdle here of the European season, uh, we'll have some news and notes. Uh, we'll pimp the athletic, hit the watch for and call it a pod. So we're going to start off with the week that was in the premier league. Um, Manchester United, the sham- shambling corpse that is this team refuses to actually die. Although they are, they are all now almost dead. At least their Champions League hopes are. Uh, one one draw against Chelsea just after uh, Marcus Alonso scored on the hour mark. Cristiano Ronaldo evened it up just a couple minutes later. And again, it's fun to think about. The, the ultimate, uh, it's not Schrodinger's cat, but the ultimate weird thing is like, United have gotten so many goals out of Ronaldo and so many important goals out of him this year that you're like, oh, where would United be without him? And then you think about how he warps the team around him, and it's like, maybe they'd be better? I, do, I don't know. It's, it's this really weird conundrum that I, I, I don't think I've ever seen to this extent before. Um, but either way, United and Chelsea split the points and, and frankly couldn't have two better goal, people as goal scorers than Marcus Alonso and Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> On Saturday, uh, a strong, strong Newcastle team. We talked about this last week, about how they were uh, second in points since the new calendar year in the Premier League. Gave Liverpool all they could handle, but it was Naby Keita, the difference maker early on, uh, giving Liverpool the one to lead, and Liverpool hung on from there in front of a raucous St. James Park, who's starting to believe in Eddie Howe's men again. Oil money will do that. Um, and they finish uh, on the losing end, though, 1-0 to Liverpool as they hold serve in their match to try and win the Premier League title against City. Uh, Villa beat Norwich 2-0, getting a late goal from Danny Ings to seal the deal. Palace comes back against Southampton 2-1. Wolf Zaha with a late, late winner in the 92nd minute to, uh, to keep Palace just moving on up the table uh, and seeing if they can finish very strong this year. Uh, Burnley, very important win for them. They beat Watford at 2 will, um, thanks to two goals in the final 10 minutes from Jack Court and Brownhill um, to get them to a very important three points uh, and essentially dooming Watford to relegation. Uh, Brighton Hove beat Wolves 3-0 with a couple of second-half goals, sealing things on there. Uh, and then in the late game, uh, City pounded Leeds 4-0. Uh, Rodri, Ake, Jesus, and Fernandinho all scoring for the Citizens 
as they keep pace with Liverpool. Um, Sunday, 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 Everton. <laughs> Just when we thought they were dead. Just when we thought they were dead. Come on, JBJ. Um, one nil, Richarlison. Maybe the only pretty good player Everton has had this year scores for them the difference in this one uh Chelsea have just looked a shell of themselves after getting knocked out of the Champions League and that form continues here as they fall one nil to Everton uh Spurs beat down Leicester City 3-1 only a late Kilichi and Nacho goal save City's blushes in this one as another wonder class from Hyung Min Sun propels Spurs uh to a victory including that goal in the 79th minute, which was uh, the highlight of many people's weeks. Uh, Arsenal staying ahead of Spurs, though, 2-1 with a London Derby win against West Ham, um, getting a very important three points there as West Ham is starting to see not just potentially their Champions League spot, but a potential Europa League spot disappear unless they can work some magic and make the final and win that. Um, and then on Monday, United beat Brentford 3-0. Sorry, Brentford. Christian Eriksen looked good, at least, as uh, as United keeps keeps their slim hopes of a top-four finish alive. So you know, Just to I, throw one quick thing oh, about Brentford on. I, I heard on one of the podcasts somebody say, you know, oh, you know, the, the you know, the teams like Brentford right now, who they're, they're already safe and they're not getting into Europe. They're not really playing for anything. That uh, somebody said, well, they're they're all planning their vacations to the Maldives, and someone said, you realize Christian Eriksen's like the only one who could afford to go to the Maldives. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I found that funny. That's really good. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Brentford though uh, looked to be pretty safe. Uh, they're up eight points, even with Everton having a couple matches in hand. Uh, Brentford at forty points, along with Villa and Southampton. Uh, it would be somewhat shocking if even forty points got them relegated. Uh, Brentford still has obviously three matches left to get more points, but it would be quite shocking if they got relegated on forty points at this point. Um, but obviously, Wes, uh, a a pretty standard week. Otherwise, with the exception maybe of Everton uh, just just when the faith had died, um, pulling out a big win against a struggling Chelsea team. And now all of a sudden, uh, they're still two points back of both Burnley and unfortunately Leeds uh, with match in hand on those two teams. Um, but other than that, a pretty standard week of the, 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 the Premier League as for once, pretty much everyone who needed to win Actually won their matches. It was pretty nice to see. Yeah, it was weird. It was one of those like, oh, so everybody just won. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, no, it was uh, it was a pretty standard week in the league. Um, you know, the city taking care of business, getting the four 0 getting themselves primed and ready for that midweek Champions League match. I wonder mm. what happened there. I guess we'll talk oh. about it. Mm. Oh boy. Uh, Liverpool keeping pace. Uh, they opened the weekend. Um, the the off dreaded by Jurgen Klopp uh, noon Saturday matchup <laughs> after playing on Wednesday in Europe. Um, you know, well, luckily it should be City's turn to do that. This oh wait they they don't play till Sunday. Oh okay, cool. <laughs> Just yeah. 
whatever. Uh, I I digress. I'm just being a whiny bitch right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, everybody kind of took care of their business, did their thing. Not not a ton of drama on the weekend. Um, Like you said, outside of that Everton match, uh, Everton suddenly finding a vein of form late in the season. Uh, I'm sure Frank Lampard uh, surely, surely didn't have uh, much of a problem taking down his former uh, not only yeah. the club he starred for, but the club that he was the boss for, uh, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea seemed to have kind of switched things off. Mm-hmm. They might want to think about finishing these last four matches out, though, <laughs> uh, because right now it's one of those uh, objects in mirror may appear closer or, you know, maybe closer than they appear, I guess is mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, they, they might want to keep an eye on things because as it stands right now, they are in third place, but they're only three points up on Arsenal, and right now only five points up on Tottenham Hotspur. So, you know, they're not completely locked into that uh, Champions League spot yet. Um, outside of Liverpool and Manchester City, uh, no one guaranteed in that top four. And while I don't think Chelsea have any chance of falling outside of that top five, uh, they they may just want to try to go ahead and put some more points on the board. Uh, of the course, they're thing, big oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say the only thing I think that actually saves Chelsea at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously they could just win their next four matches and this is all moot. Right. But the one thing that, that just mathematically will save Chelsea probably is mm-hmm. the fact that Arsenal and Tottenham play each other still. Right. Right. There is a North London Derby still yeah. to come and Oh boy. Could it mean a lot? Um, <clears throat> Unfortunately for Tottenham, they kind of have a. Oh, they they've got one to play this Saturday. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, yes. Um, what's that? Oh yeah, fucking Liverpool. Shit. <laughs> um, Get ready so, for a controversial two-two draw, everyone. Oh Jesus Christ, Dad! Don't do that to me. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, uh, Newcastle, Leeds, and Everton. So you would say out of that, who's it? Um, you know, there are two teams right now who are who are still scrapping and clawing that Arsenal have to play. And by God, if there's one thing we know about Arsenal, it's that they're not consistent for shit. <laughs> yeah. Just when you think Arsenal have turned a corner, oh buddy, they'll prove to you that they ain't turned shit. <laughs> so yeah. Well, definitely keep an eye going forward on what those two teams can do. But uh yeah, massive match coming up on the twelfth of this month. Uh, when Tottenham host Arsenal at the, um, the have we named the White Hart Stadium yet? Uh, the is it still Tottenham the, Hotspur. Or? The twice a week or the uh, the twice a year NFL stadium. Oh, that's right, that's right. The twice a year uh, Roger Goodell home away from home. Yeah, that's it. That's what we'll go with. So a it's a thrilling run in. Neither team cut and dry with what they've got to do. Uh, Tottenham definitely still the tougher get match on paper to play with Liverpool, uh, but they do they do hook up head to head. Yes. So uh, for Tottenham, they're going to be looking for a little bit of help, um, and then they've got to see what they can do with uh, honestly probably the hottest team in Europe right now. So mm. uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know, continuing just just looking at that table, man, you you've just Oh, you've got to feel for Leeds United right now. 
Yeah. I mean, Leeds United have not done anything wrong. They have just, they have played, they played some really good football recently. Uh, I mean, you know, at least comparative to, you know, what they had been doing. Uh, just, you know, not getting all the full results. I mean, you look at the month of April, they, they got two draws, a win, and a loss to Man City. You know, so three good results out of four, and they're backsliding in the table front. Yeah. Um, so, and when you even when you go back into March, you know their last two matches in March, they got wins over Norwich and Wolves. So Jesse Marsh has really come in, is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just they they've got to turn a few of those draws into victories, and then for whatever reason, Burnley and Everton are suddenly like, oh. Yeah, maybe it would help us if we won a few matches. Oh, let's see how this works out. Um, yeah, looking at that run in, Burnley's. Let's take a quick look at Burnley's run in. Burnley, uh, they play Villa twice. Yeah, that's a weird quirk. Yeah, they've they've got a make up from the uh, from the middle of the year when everybody was out with COVID. Mm-hmm. They've got that. They've got Tottenham, and they've got Newcastle. So obviously Tottenham with a lot to play for. Um, you know Villa. It would behoove Villa to win at least one of those matches because by God, they just need to make sure that they don't get drugged back into this bad boy. <laughs> um, so Burnley have a Burnley. Burnley have some winnable matches in the run in. Um, taking a quick look at Leeds United. Leeds do not have an easy run in. Leeds, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. Now, if they can get to Brighton and Brentford, those two should, as we talked about earlier, proverbially, proverbially be on the beach. So a chance there. And the way Chelsea's playing, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was about knows. to say. And they'll get Chelsea three days before Chelsea play the FA Cup final. So, and at home. Yeah, and again at home. So, you know, you figure... You figure with Chelsea right now, obviously the FA Cup final is the big one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's kind of going to spell how their season gets looked at, looking back on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd almost figure that maybe they can get a chance at Chelsea there, see if they can take something. Arsenal's going to be tough, obviously, Arsenal playing, trying to get that fourth spot. So uh, they're, killing, they're killing themselves for that. Um, and then finally, Everton. Ooh, so Everton have five matches left. They do have a match in hand over everyone. Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Palace, Arsenal. Not a terrible looking run in for Everton, except here's the problem. You look at three of those five matches are on the road. Mm-hmm. Everton have not won a home match since Rafa Benitez was in charge. And it was like back in November or something like that. Mm-hmm. They are the worst road team in the Premier League. <clears throat> and they go to Leicester, to Watford, and to Arsenal. And they have a hideous record at Arsenal over the over the years. Mm-hmm. That is not somewhere that they play well. So Brentford and Palace at home are going to be massive matches for them. Um, you know, Leicester right now, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, yeah, Leicester is still in the conference. Yep. They're still playing in the Europa Conference this week. We'll see what happens there, see if they're still in Europe or not. 
So it is it is definitely a pretty fascinating run in. It's a pretty fascinating run in yeah. looking in for all these teams. The relegation battle, it didn't look like we were gonna have much of one. And then all of a sudden Burnley decided, oh no, we we just need to go ahead and get hot and see what happens here and <laughs> and man, now we've we've got one. And it's pretty cool, man. You know, you're always just looking for something late in the year that keeps your attention. And we've got it at the top, we've got it at the bottom, we've got it in the race for top four. Uh, we've got it in the race for the European spots. Man, another fun season of the Premier League. And, and we're we're three weeks away from it being over. We're yeah. Four matches, five if you're Everton. And, and it's almost over. And it's like, I mean, obviously as a Liverpool fan, you know, we're looking forward to the run-in. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking forward to everything happening. Um, but it's like, you know, as just a fan of the football, it's like, oh, shit. Man, it's almost over. Crap. Well, and you know, instead of having, yeah, because instead of having, you know, a freaking World Cup to look forward to this summer, Mm -hmm. no, I mean, honestly, as a Liverpool fan, it might not be a bad summer to not have a World Cup because (laughs) you know what we, Liverpool, as we'll get to, are going to play every single possible match they could have played this year. You know, the, the possibility on their schedule was, well, you could play up to 62 matches this year, and Liverpool will play 62 matches. First Premier League <laughs> team that's ever done this. So, you know, for Liverpool, man, you know, maybe not having a World Cup this summer. Mm-hmm. Ooh, also, you mean the guys are going to get a, a break for a month. Holy shit, we'll take that. <laughs> um, but overall, you know, we're not going to have football this summer, so... Uh, it's a it's a little bittersweet because we're we are less than a month from being out of football. And I'm sure there's something going on. I'm sure it's like Nations League or some bullshit like that going on this yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're we're not gonna have a big tournament. We're not gonna have a World Cup. We're not gonna have a Euros. So uh Yeah, it, it's coming to an end and you'll just sit here and listen to and listen to me talk about transfer speculation. And we'll talk about guys who are getting paid a shit ton of money in baseball and, you know, not performing, like Robinson Cano, who got DFA'd this week. <laughs> oh, that was really funny. And the Mets still owe him 40 million bucks. And Steve Cohen's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll give him 40 million bucks. I just don't want him up here anymore. <laughs> Which is kind of great. It's like, oh, well, okay, cool. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. Man, I want to get DFA'd. Oh man, it's good life. It's good life. Um, yeah. So this is a this is a pretty. Uh, it's almost like that kind. Of, it's like they got the the last few weeks of school vibe, like especially like your senior year, um, where it's like okay, you know, we took our exams, but for whatever reason, because how schools work, you still have like two weeks left of mm-hmm. classes for whatever reason. Um, and you're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta enjoy these moments. Cause then we're all going off to college and we don't see each other. And, and, you know, it's just, some people are still trying to go for valedictorian. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun and, uh, and it's going to be an exciting last couple of weeks here. Um, quick look at the table. Um, again, Man City holding on to that one point lead against Liverpool, uh, with their big win against Leeds and with Liverpool's 1-0 win over Newcastle, the goal differential now has shrunk to one. It is plus one to Liverpool as we near the last four matches. 
for each of these teams. It is um, quite amazing that that the how even these teams have been this year. Um, so that that's them again. Chelsea very far back of them. They're just kind of chilling in third right now and hoping nobody or no bodies uh, pass them uh, as Arsenal is again three points back of them in fourth place. Tottenham five back. Um, and Tottenham have nearly, with another win, uh, will have just about locked up at least fifth. Um, because United have only, United have the fewest matches left in the Premier League. They're down to only two matches. So they can pretty much only top out at 64 points. Um, so a Tottenham win uh, with their big goal differential right now they have over United would pretty much lock them in at least fifth. Um, but obviously Spurs looking for that fourth place spot over Arsenal. Um, West Ham, six points back of United, uh, and right now three points up on Wolves for that final European place. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, it is Burnley and Leeds, who are currently both two points ahead of Everton. Everton have match in hand, so that is very, very big for them. Uh, Norwich have officially been eliminated. They are at 21 points. Uh, I believe Watford are nearly eliminated. Um, I think it's they're very, very, very close. I think they they literally cannot drop a point. And Burnley and Leeds and Everton have to pretty much drop all of theirs. Uh, so it's probably not going to happen. Uh, so Watford looks like they'll be going down as well. A yeah. quick look at, at the uh, the schedule coming up here this week. Uh, no, no early matches this Saturday. Uh, so at 10 a.m. you have a set of four, uh, including Chelsea hosting Wolves, Palace getting Watford, Burnley and Aston Villa part one, uh, along with Brentford and Southampton. And at 12.30, it's Brighton versus United. And at 2.45, it is the aforementioned Liverpool versus Spurs. Uh, Spurs already took six points uh, from City this year. They took uh, two points off of Liverpool. The last time these teams played, does Tottenham have one more say in the title race before things are all said and done? We shall see on Saturday afternoon. On Sunday at 9 a.m., it's Arsenal versus Leeds. Ah, come on, Jesse Mosh. Uh, Leicester versus Everton and Norwich versus West Ham. Then 11.30, Newcastle gets another shot at one of a, the top two teams as they head to the Etihad to take on Manchester City. Um, is there any midweek action next week? Uh, yes, uh, Aston Villa mm -hmm. versus Liverpool at 3 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, uh, 2.30, you have Leeds versus Chelsea. 2.45, Leicester, Norwich, and Watford, Everton, uh, as Everton makes up their match in hand. And at 3.15, it's Wolves versus City. Uh, and then at Thursday, before we, uh, obviously after we pod next week, it will be Tottenham versus Arsenal in the North London Derby at 2.45 p.m. So that is your Premier League wrap-up. Um, Let's head to the Champions League, Wes. Let's let's not delay this anymore. Um, I, I tell you what, the the tale of of second half performances really being the difference in this Champions League season. My gosh. Um, let's go to the I guess easier one to talk about in quotes. Uh, Villarreal stormed out of the gates against Liverpool. Uh, getting an early goal from Dia, and then as the uh, the 
the the Premier League rejects uh, continued on. Francis Coquelin, remember the name, uh, scoring in the 41th first minute just before halftime to level things up on aggregate at 2-2. Villarreal going crazy, bossing the midfield, really taking it to Liverpool. And then Villarreal came out in the second half and we're like, yeah, that thing we did in the first half that worked, we're just not going to do it anymore. And Liverpool made short work of them in the second half. Fabinho, Diaz, and Mane all scoring within 12 minutes of each other to kill off the tie quickly and end things 5-2 on aggregate as Liverpool advances to their, I believe, I saw fifth uh, Champions League final. I believe they're the first Premier League team to do that in the Champions League era. Uh, So they will be heading on there. Uh, And, (laughs) you know... For a long time. I, I, had to, I had to think about that for a second. I was like, hold on, man. 1-6. But yes, yes. The Champions League era. That's yes. correct. The Champions League prop off. Third, third in five years now. So. Yes. Mm. And for a little, for a long time, all, you know, all to the 90th minute mark, just about, we we're like, all right, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be match of the century part four. I guess, is we're getting City-Liverpool again. Uh, City had come into this match against Real Madrid, 4-3 on aggregate. Riyad Mahrez with the goal in the 73rd minute. And you're like, that that's probably it. They're up 5-3. Hell of a ten... goal. Oh, really good goal. Really, goal. really good goal. Uh, I hate I hate the jersey City was wearing. I, I really I really hate oh. those kids, but uh, great goal. <laughs> great goal. In the words um, of the Joker. In the words of the Joker, you get what you fucking deserve wearing those jerseys <laughs> and, in that match jesus and as uh and as arlo <laughs> put on twitter he was on the train when he went into a tunnel it was uh on the day <laughs> one nil man city he came out of the tunnel it was 2-1 real madrid it just completely flipped on its head rodrigo cometh the man cometh the hour 90th minute goal, 91st minute goal, absolutely levels the tie within about a, in real time, like 90 seconds. Just absolutely amazing stuff. Um, Ederson did really poorly, I think, actually on the first goal. Uh, Hmm. I think he just should have collected it pretty easily. Uh, The second goal was not much he could do, a great header by Rodrigo, but first goal was a little dicey. Uh, City also had about, I think, 8,000 chances after Marez's goal to just completely kill off the tie. How's that for Grealish doing now, guys? Oh, man. million pounds. Wow. Um, And so, as as Wes put on Twitter, the the Benzema goal is coming. It was a penalty, but still, he scored. That was the important thing. And Madrid took the lead on aggregate, 3-1 on the night, 6-5 on aggregate, and they would hold on to knock City out once again. Wes, I don't even know if this is one of those things where, like, Pep tried to be the smartest guy in the room. Like, City had this one. They had it one, and they just fucked it up at the end. Like, I... It's it's really amazing how this keeps happening to City in the Champions League. It's just it's bizarre. So a few of my just random thoughts on this. <clears throat> First of all, because okay, everyone who's listened to us over the years or listened to us before 
You know that. I, I think Pep Guardiola is so freaking overrated. It's not funny. Not that yeah. I don't think he's a great manager. I just don't think he's like this like greatest manager who's ever walked the face of the earth. You know, it's easy when your first team you inherit has, you know, a young and coming into his prime messy and, and you have Iniesta and Xavi in midfield. And, you know, anyway, I'm not getting into that part. And then your second job is Bayern Munich at the peak of their powers and you can't get it done. And now you've come to city and spent over a billion pounds and still can't get over the hump. So all that said, man, this ain't Pep's fault. Nope, not this one. You can't, you can't put this on Pep. They scored. He made a couple of moves, which seemed like it directly led to them scoring the goal that should have got them there. Yep. He didn't do anything different. They didn't do anything different. They just they played their game. And suddenly, for whatever reason, uh, Rodrigo of all people out there, Rodrigo just scores two goals, like you said, in about 90 seconds of real time. I mean, Pep Guardiola didn't make uh, Ruben Diaz fuck up. Yeah. You know, he didn't make Emmerich Laporte fuck up. Mm -hmm. He couldn't help that. There's nothing he could do there. I mean, you know, he can't go out there and make the plays for him. City just showed that Unfortunately for them, when it comes down to the biggest moments, there is mental fragility there. Mm -hmm. That's what we saw. They get mentally fragile. They gave up the first goal. You're still in command there. You've got five minutes to see that match out. And you give up another goal within like 90 seconds. That's all on you, City. That is yep. all on you. That's on the players. And then I'm going to quote, that great Oscar-winning thespian, Will Smith, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when the next time somebody wants to say that Ruben Diaz is the best uh, center back in the Premier League and in the world, all I can say is you can keep Virgil van Dyke's name out your fucking mouth. Because to even have Ruben Diaz mentioned in the same sentence on the level of being Virgil van Dyke is a disgusting travesty of this world. Ed Green. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I just took a screenshot. Cause I, I just, I was, I was going through some stats on my phone for this match. And I just based on what you're just talking about now, I, I, I have to send you this screenshot because it's just, it's too perfect. It's too you're perfect. Not to send it to you. Um, one thing I will oh, say yeah. uh, uh, for, for pep. Um, I, I don't remember where I saw this and now, and now I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong, but essentially, uh, Kyle Walker played for 72 minutes in today's match. It was the only 72 minutes he played in the semifinal and Real Madrid scored zero goals. Uh, when he was not on the pitch in the semifinals, Real Madrid scored six goals. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Small sample size. Don't know yeah. that Kyle Walker was actually the reason Real Madrid could, didn't score, but just, just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. So I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, that says all, you know. Yeah, I know Ruben Diaz has dealt with some injury problems this year, but, you know, a season ago, yes, this does, I guess, come from my red-tinted glasses. But a season ago, when we're hearing all this shit, 
uh, when Van Dyke is having the injury problem and uh, fuck you, Jordan Pickford. Um, and Ruben Diaz is supposedly the greatest center back anyone's ever seen. Nah, dog, give it up. I mean, we're talking Virgil Van Dyke here. But anyway, um, I'm not talking Virgil Van Dyke because he didn't play in this match because, you know, he was like a 9 out of 10 the other night against Villarreal and just marshaled his team into the finals again because that's what Virgil Van Dyke does. Um, But, yeah, City, they just had a few breakdowns at the back. And, once again, you can't put this on Pep. Um, Don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Pep melt down by the end of this match. But really, he had made his subs. He had one sub in extra time. He knew he had to chase a goal. And unfortunately, the only thing he had to throw on was Raheem Sterling. Yeah. And as we know, that only leads to sadness when you have to count on Raheem Sterling to do something for you. Once again, again, I will just say, imagine, just imagine if instead of first spending $100 million or $100 million on Jack Grealish, you spent like 160, 170 on Harry Kane. And, and then maybe you can still get Grealish because you're City. Just yeah, exactly. It's kind of throw you know, that out there. You know, City trying to be frugal for like the first time ever for whatever reason leaves them no striker. And of course, it looks like they're going to go and just blow all that out of the water and, um, Oh, yeah. Erling Holland this, oh yeah this summer but this yeah. was a blip <laughs> yes this is a blip um but here we are now six seasons of Pep Guardiola the greatest manager who's ever walked the face of the earth having a team completely built for him and his image getting everyone he's ever asked for except Harry Kane apparently and once again you know the only trophy that matters to Manchester City because, you know, hey, they won. I mean, hell, you won the Premier League under, like, what, two other guys? Mm-hmm. One other guy, Pellegrini and uh, like somebody Mancini. else won the league. Mancini, that was right. Mancini, Pellegrini, they both won the league. Mm-hmm. They both won cups. But, you know, you bring in Pep Guardiola because you want to be European royalty. You want to win the biggest prize of them all, and... Now, for another year, PSG and City remain level on the number of European titles won. With zero, which is exactly what they both deserve. Yup. So, once again, Q, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. You get what you fucking deserve. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just seeing Pep unhappy because he didn't get it done again. You know? Uh, and for me now, I kind of, I'm kind of wondering because you know I think people were surprised Pep was here this long, six seasons out for Pep. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and now there's questions out there, and it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be one of my athletic articles that I brought up, but there mm-hmm. was an article in the Athletic this week. Um, came out a couple of days ago. Once again, this is not part of that. But Jack Pitbrook, Guardiola must extend his city contract. He and Klopp have drawn the best from each other. Mm-hmm. I remember if we no God, we haven't talked about that yet. I guess because it God, it happened like Thursday last week. But I'm sure we'll touch on Jurgen Klopp extending at Liverpool, which was mm-hmm. you know um, in a in a in a big week for me last week. On a personal note, 
I'm trying to decide if that was the best moment or the second best moment. <laughs> As you know, spoiler alert, I got married last week. So. <laughs> to, to, to some people who may be listening, Wes is kidding. Don't worry. <laughs> he, 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 he means Klopp was first. He, mean, he means Klopp. Of course, of course Klopp. Um, but yeah, you know, so, I mean, here's, here's Pep Guardiola now, who he never stuck around this long at Barca or at Bayern. I don't think he was expecting to be six years in and not have at least one European cup. Yeah. And I think that's why he kept sticking around the last few years was just, he's like, Oh, we're so close. We're so close. I'm going to win this. And then I can just, and then I can walk off and everything will be great because I did exactly what I was hired to do. Now another season and they don't get it done again. I don't wonder how much longer Pep has in him because, you know, Pep is one of those guys who, he immerses himself so much in it that mm-hmm. he he kind of burns out. And oh, you know, Jack Pitt Bruce saying, "No, no, got to resign." I wonder Pep's thinking. You know, I, I don't I don't expect Pep Guardiola to leave City. Really, I don't expect it. But this is kind of like uncharted territory for Pep Guardiola. I kind of wonder what he's thinking. What's going through his mind? Um, Obviously, last year City had. I still can't. I still can't figure out how City didn't win the Champions League last year. Uh, to be honest, I still can't figure out how Chelsea beat them, but they did. And here's Pep still sitting here now. No, no Champions League. So just something to kind of keep in mind back there. But. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I expect City to go out, spend a bunch of money, reload this summer, and go at it again. But I don't know. There just there just seems to be a block. The later they get into this tournament every year, so. Mm. Yeah, I mean it. It, yeah. it really feels like they may have missed their chance last year against Chelsea. Yeah, and you know it does. It, you know, people people arguing today on a board about oh well, you know Madrid's lucky. Madrid's lucky. Well, yeah, I mean, Madrid's definitely had some luck, but at the same time, you know, Madrid kind of make their own luck, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I don't disbelieve that luck is a part of things sometimes, because sometimes you just need things to fall your way. Maybe, I don't know, or City just unlucky? Yeah, City maybe. just a little unlucky. Um yeah, I don't know. Do, do, do they pay? Are they paying like their purgatory penance, I guess, <laughs> for for those immaculate years in the league where they're racking up near 100 points and waltzing the league titles and, you know, dancing that deal with the devil to have Liverpool be just as damn good and fall a point or two short? I mean, mm. are things evening themselves out? I don't know. It's just... Man, it's just crazy that a club that has spent that much and has that kind of a manager have not been able to get over the hump. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, I and again, there have definitely been years where where Klopp has or not Klopp, I'm sorry, Guardiola has gotten it wrong by by trying a little bit too much. But then, I mean, there's some things like hell. Go back to the the second leg against Tottenham back in 2019. Like how 
you know, Lorente gets a somewhat fortunate goal after City had sort of taken back control of the tie. And then City has what they think is a winning goal because away goals were still a thing back then. And and it gets disallowed from VAR. So it's it's just one of those things where, where, where City have had also what seems like a fairly poor run of luck in the Champions League. Uh, and those two things combined have uh, have really put them on the back foot and trying to win the trophy that Guardiola was brought in to get. And and at the end of the day, at this point, even even if they go on to win the league, it's it's really at this point, barring barring a year like they had a couple of years ago where I think they won the treble um, and got 100 points, barring a year like that. I mean, at this point, if you don't win the Champions League of City, what what are we even doing here? So, um, so yeah, that's that's. And, and be... honestly, if they go on and win the league, and Liverpool win the treble, including another Champions League, mm-hmm. I mean, who do you think who do you think is the happier ownership group? Oh yeah, it's totally. It's kind who, of do you think, who do you think is the is the happier group of fans? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is the happier manager? <laughs> <laughs> So, it depends on what day you ask. If it's the day, if it's Championship Sunday in the Premier League and City wins, City will be a little bit happier. Every other day, it will be Liverpool. Oh, but but that's the thing is, you know, yeah, I mean, they'll be happier that they won the title, but I think at the same time, and two, you've kind of got to understand the City fan base, which is... You know, as as we noticed from the ESPN FC message board at times, I mean, it, it's not the old city fans who are upset about things, who are just like, oh man, I can't believe we're still winning the league. This is so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's that group that's come in just since maybe Guardiola came in, and they've been conditioned that, well, if we don't win the league, if we don't win the Champions League, everything's been a thing. And there's just, there is that section, and I think it's a pretty big section for City fans. And, um, you know, I just, I think that a lot of them aren't going to be happy unless they're winning the Champions League. Yeah. It's really tough when, I mean, that's, I I think this is maybe the one millionth time we've said on the podcast, this is why Guardiola was brought in. So, and, and and it's, Fairly, unfairly, combination of both. He's not getting it done. So you know he's won. He's won the cups, and and he's he's done all that stuff. And, and as we've seen the last couple of years, like it does seem like at at least when they get to the later rounds, teams like City, like Liverpool, like Chelsea, are taking the cups a little bit more seriously. Once you hit like the quarters, so mm-hmm. so winning those does like start to mean a little bit more. It's not a ton. But it, but it is like a little bit more. So City City have been winning tougher competitions still with Pep. And, and while I think in barring some insane thing happening, you don't fire Pep. I, I still think Pep has done more than enough at City to be like, right. yeah, right. You, you, you've earned it. Uh, and I, I think that's the biggest difference between City and PSG is like, if you're a PSG at this point, winning anything but the champions league literally does not matter so mm-hmm. so that that that's it uh and that that's where i think the difference is um 
is right now. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to disagree on that end. Um, I guess I just I just wonder like how how much longer is Pep going to be able to I guess psych himself up every year to go for it when you know it would be one thing like if Pep like just had to deal with you know, okay, all I've got to deal with is the the Champions League. But you know, he's also got to deal with the league. He's still got to, he's got to deal with all that other stuff. And I just wonder like how big of a like mental thing this is gonna become because once again, you know, Pep is so intense and Pep gets so like all encompassed by winning and trying mm-hmm. to win this cup. Mm-hmm. And when you keep falling short every single year, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. I mean that's got to be like mentally tough. And then you look across the the you know down the road, and there's your your biggest rival, and I mean rival by currently you know the next best team to you, which is Liverpool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and here they are back there for the third time now in five years. Mm-hmm. And it's just for Pep, who I think Pep kind of thrives off this whole comparison with Klopp. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be tough for Pep. Like, son of a bitch, what do I have to do here to, to get this? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering how long it's going to take for Pep to just crack on the sideline and strip down to his Calvin Klein underpants and, you know, be like spinning donuts in the middle of the field <laughs> at, at, at Goodison Park or something. Oh, what a day that would be. Um. Well, let's take just a quick peek then. We have about, I don't know, three weeks before the final, Wes. Uh, but really early impressions, um, Liverpool versus Real Madrid, uh, as you texted me. Now with, now with uh, Ramos and some of the other assholes out, losing to Real Madrid wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but obviously, there there is a little bit of that revenge. A lot of players on Liverpool's team uh, were in that final um, um, back back a couple years ago. Um, so that that's going to be there. Uh, I do think it was very interesting the way ESPN phrased it at one point uh, when they when they did their little full screen graphic comparing both Real Madrid and Liverpool. And the, one of the things they put under Liverpool was first time in the Champions League final since 2019. It's like oh, it was like three years ago, guys. What? Sorry, we sorry we didn't make everyone in the last five years. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Um, and I, I will say I think the one thing. Oh, well, there's a bunch of things. I, I think one thing going in Liverpool's favor in this matchup is that it's only one leg. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Real Madrid seems to get stronger over the course of the second leg. So I think that maybe plays into, into Liverpool's advantage a little bit. But I, I think this is a matchup where Liverpool should be a decent, if not almost heavy favorite but but everything Real Madrid has done in this knockout stage says it's still going to be close. Oh, I mean, and, and that's the thing, you know, <clears throat> the last few weeks, and as I've talked to you and told you, I would rather play Madrid in a one-off mm-hmm. than City. And not that, I, not that I don't think Liverpool could beat them both, because, well, I mean, hey, let's be real this year. City and Liverpool have played three times, two draws, Liverpool won one. So mm-hmm. you know, we know we can beat City. Um, damn it, there's just something about having to play City when you've got that kind of familiarity. 
Um, and then what we've also seen from Madrid is that Madrid, the longer Madrid can keep something going, it seems like the better they get. Mm-hmm. And here you play them one match. If Liverpool can come out and, you know, I mean, let's be real, you know, uh, Madrid can be gotten that. If mm-hmm. Liverpool go put up three, four goals, they're going to win. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's the thing. Because the the shorter time period you give Benzema to make something magic happen, the better. Um, so we'll go ahead and just say this. I think Liverpool are a better squad. I think we've seen that as the year's gone on. I think Liverpool are a better team. That doesn't mean you're going to win at the end of the day. But um, I think one big advantage Liverpool have <clears throat> is now I am absolutely terrified of Kareem Benzema. But as I put on a post on something earlier, I said, I'm terrified of Benzema. I said, but then I look back there and I see that Colossus wearing number four. And I'm like, well, if anybody's got a chance to slow down Benzema, it's it's a defense led by Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And that gives me confidence. Uh, I think Liverpool will definitely go score a few goals because, by God, that's what Liverpool are just doing right now, is scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think just about anybody is terrified when Luis Diaz steps on the field because, it's, oh, shit, what are we about to do now? Um, we'll break it down more as we go forward. But for Liverpool, I think it just comes down to – I think it comes down to Trent and Andy Robertson. I think it comes down to yeah. those guys. If they can, if they play at the level that they can play at, I think Liverpool will go win the match. They could win it comfortably. Um, but that said, while um, I am, I'm terrified of Benzema. Uh, I don't worry about Real Madrid, but I will say this: and what I meant by telling you earlier, <clears throat> and what I what I said to to another Liverpool fan was. Well, let's put it this way. Let's say that we go to Paris. We play like crap. Um, to, to quote the song from a few years ago, Madrid have all the fucking luck. And Madrid lift the title. I'm a lot better at the end of the day seeing Carlo Ancelotti lift the title than seeing Pep Guardiola lift the title. <laughs> That's fair. And, hey, you know what? Madrid have already won the damn thing 13 times. I mean, what the hell does 14 matter at this point? (laughs) I mean, if they don't do it this year, they're going to get 14 sooner than later, probably. Um, So if they do happen to get it, man, it's still better than City winning that title. Um, Yeah, you got to love how Madrid suddenly get to play this like, oh. We're this plucky, smaller club. You know, I mean, God, there were people on there. Oh, this just shows that Madrid beating uh, City just shows that it doesn't all come down to just spending money. It comes down to having heart and team. And I I think I commented, I was like, wait wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) I was like, this is Real Madrid, who I think have broken, like, the world record four or five times paying for players. Yeah. It's like, and... And, you know, the the one thing about City is now City does spend a lot of money, and they spend a lot of money on players. Mm-hmm. They've only broken, like, one record, and that was um that was buying Jack Grealish, of all people. <laughs> they broke, like, the record for a British player, which previously was held by Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it came to buying uh, fucking 
um, Gareth Bale. So, <laughs> I mean, let's not act like Madrid are this little plucky. It's This ain't yeah. fucking Leicester we're talking about. <laughs> this ain't Leicester winning the Premier League or Villarreal getting to the semifinals. This is still Real Madrid, mm-hmm. which I believe have a more expensively, you know, put together squad than Liverpool do. So, um, you know, Madrid ain't coming in lacking bullets. They may not have the, you know, superstar power of Ronaldo and then in his prime Ramos and, and Gareth Bale. You know, they don't have those guys per se. But yeah, that's that's still a a vastly expensive expensive squad. So um, yeah, don't give me this plucky underdog bullshit with Real Madrid, <laughs> who just like ran away with La Liga. So you know, uh, it's what I, it is. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's a rematch of the '81 final, which also took <laughs> place in Paris. Uh, Liverpool one nil winners on that night, and of course a rematch from uh, four years ago, which uh, Madrid won three to one in Kiev. So. <laughs> um, but this time, that piece of shit, Sergio Ramos, won't be there to try to decapitate Mohamed Salah. <laughs> and uh, Mo's already said, man, Mo, Mo Salah came on record like, shit, we want revenge. <laughs> so it's like, hell yeah, you tell him, Mo. Oh, man. I'm already oh, man. What a, what a fun one it's going to be. I will also say, uh, kind of interesting on the narrative too, front, uh, Real Madrid have now gone through uh, PSG... Uh, who were like the money team. Uh, then Chelsea, the defending title holders, City, one of maybe the two best teams in Europe, and then potentially Liverpool, the other best team in Europe, to win the title in the knockout stage. So that would be that would be a very impressive run if uh if Real Madrid actually do it the whole oh, thing. Yeah. Now hundred so. percent if Madrid win it, buddy, they earned it. Yeah they did. Yeah they I did. Mean, and, and and honestly if you go beat if you go beat Liverpool with the form they're in right now you earned it. You earned every inch of that trophy. So, like I said, that's another thing. I have. I will be devastated, obviously, if we don't win it. But at the same time, I will have nothing but respect for Real Madrid if they win that thing. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. More power to them. Yeah. All right, three weeks from that one. Um, as we take a look at some of the other leagues, though, real quick, uh, at the championship, Fulham and Bournemouth have locked their spots in. They're coming back up. Fulham and Norwich just, you know, trading places as they do. Um, and then for the playoff round, uh, Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield have uh, clinched the, I guess, the higher seeds. Uh, both are on the same number of points um, with one match to play. So it still needs to be determined who's going to be 3-4, but they'll both be in those slots. Uh, Sheffield United and Lutton Town uh, are both at 72 um, so they're in those five, six places right now. Middlesbrough right now at 70, Millwall at a nice 69. Uh, but again, just one match to play for those teams. So Middlesbrough and Millwall getting to make up a lot of ground and hope Sheffield United and Luttontown both lose um, to try and get up into those last couple playoff spots. Um, so that's how those shaken out. Again, with one match to play there um, in the championship. Bundesliga, they're done. Uh, Bayern Munich has won the title. Uh, 12 points up with two matches to play over Dortmund. Uh, the the one spot of news right now is uh, Leipzig, one point back of Freiburg for the final uh, Champions League place. Again, with two matches to play, Leipzig trying to get back into that Champions League spot they've been in the last couple of years. Uh, La Liga, as Wes mentioned, Real Madrid ran away with that. 
uh, Barcelona and Sevilla, the other Champions League spots right now, uh, with four matches to play. Real Betis, uh, just three points back of Atletico. Don't I don't think Atletico's getting knocked out, but it, it is it Man, is not locked up yet. Oh boy, oh. And, uh, and, and real quick, just to add one thing, uh, you had mentioned RB Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig mm-hmm. um, also, if if something does happen, and they they lose it in the Bundesliga, uh, they are basically one leg away from playing in the Europa final. So mm, they okay. could also they could also earn their way in uh, through That's Europa. Right. So, uh, Absolutely. Kind of a couple, couple of, of bites. At, kind of a couple of bites at the apple left for um, for Leipzig. There. I want to say there's a chance it's an all German final in the Europa League. Fi- in the yes, it can, it can either be an all Ger- it could be an all German final. It could also be an all British final. Uh, yes, because, Rangers. Um, yes, yeah, West Ham and Rangers still over mm-hmm. there. So uh, yeah, or it could be um, uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt. That's right, Frankfurt, mm-hmm. who went and took over the uh, Camp Nou. Yes. And just piss the hell off of Barcelona. So, <laughs> God, just... wouldn't it be something if fucking Rangers went and won that thing? Oh, man. Amazing. And with, with Steven Gerrard leaving like in the middle of the season to go take over Aston Villa. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, and I mean, credit to Steven Gerrard, you know, he had, he had kind of made it where Rangers were like, hey, you know, we're not scared to go into Europe and play. Yeah, you know, hey, let's let's nut up and go play with the best in Europe. But I mean, you know, honestly, I still think it's hard to like look at Steven Gerrard and say, "What an idiot, man! Oh, he left Rangers to go to Aston Villa." I mean, a chance to get into the Premier League to start with, you know, at a at a club like Villa who are willing to invest and are mm-hmm. willing to give Gerrard some power and a chance to do something. I get that. But it is pretty damn cool that Rangers like have kept their nut this year and you know are still are still alive this deep. I mean, when the hell was the last time a Scottish team made a run in Europe? Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that just don't happen. And I know you're looking around the European leagues. I was going to look real quick and see what was going on in the in the old SPL over there. Uh, let's see. I can uh, take a quick. Oh, that's the. Uh... Let me, because I was gonna, I was gonna talk about Loon. Who cares? Uh, Celtic <laughs> right now is six points up on Rangers, okay. uh, and uh, and Hearts is way back. Uh, I do believe, though, I think because Russia Russia got knocked out, I th- uh, is is not gonna be in in European competition right. next year. I think Celtic with uh-huh. if they win the Premiership, I believe they automatically go to the main group stage of the Champions mm-hmm. League. I believe Holy I read that, shit. and I think their top three teams will all be in a Champions League bot. Just second and third would have oh. to go through their qual the qualifying <laughs> procedure Sorry. thing. Uh, but yes, I do believe first place with Russia getting knocked out, first place in in Scotland will be going straight to the group stage next year. So, and of course, yeah. uh, that second leg, Leipzig leading Rangers one nil on aggregate. Um, and that one's coming up. Uh, that one's coming up on Thursday. So, yeah. By the yeah. time we drop, people will know how that ended. So, 
So Crazy. couple we we could see we could see you know if if Rangers win out in Europa and Celtic wins the Premiership, that would be oh. two Scottish teams in the group stage of the Champions League next year. Oh my God! I mean, oh man, heads heads will freaking explode. <laughs> Uh, if the if the old firm or the old firm are both in the uh, group stages, <laughs> that's that's awesome. I'm I would not mind seeing that happen one bit. Oh man! In the words of Sterling Archer, I can only get so erect. Um, oh. and again, no one cares about France. Uh, but over in Syria, about okay. the only league that is currently matching the Premier League for drama. Uh, AC Milan and Inter locked in a clash. Two points separate these teams with three matches to play. Uh, Napoli within shouting distance, but they're not going to catch AC Milan. They're seven back. Juventus, uh, along with them, are pretty much locked into the Champions League spots. Uh, But yeah, it's that battle at the top. One-two, the two Milan squads uh, separated by just two points with three matches to play. That is is one to definitely keep an eye on as as we get to the home stretch. So, oh, that's that's going to be a good one. And uh, and Ed, can I can I throw you one more quick European Please. league out there? A really interesting one that I've been kind of keeping an eye on from afar mm-hmm. because this is a fascinating run in the German Bundesliga two or oh, German okay. two Bundesliga, however they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, two Bundesliga. Goes off of the promotion one, two are automatically promoted, um, mm-hmm. and then three in the promotion playoff. So of mm-hmm. course you have um, uh, now their promotion playoff is a little different because the third place team will take on the, I believe, sixteenth place team. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sixteen. Okay. Yes, sixteenth place team yes. from the main Bundesliga to get promoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. it it's kind of cool. So yeah. right now. Mm-hmm, I'm looking at it too. One through five is separated by a total of five oh, points. Schalke, no fear, leads the league with 59 points. Darmstadt and Werder Bremen are basically in a dead heat for second, both at 57 points. And then Hamburg and St. Pauli. By the way, I have my St. Pauli shirt laid out to wear tomorrow. Uh, because I, of course, am supporting the Maddie St. Pauli, are both sitting on 54 points. And by the way, Hamburg and St. Pauli, both located in Hamburg, that's like a big rivalry. They fucking hate each other. Um, so that's what it's coming down to. Schalke play St. Pauli this weekend, and then St. Pauli end the season with Dusseldorf. Let's look at Darmstadt. Darmstadt plays Dusseldorf and Paderborn, so a little easier run in for them. Uh, Bremen playing Erzberg, Erzberg, <laughs> and uh, something called uh, Jan Regenston. I don't know who they are. Jan Regensburg. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they're eleventh right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then Hamburg playing Hanover and Hansa Ross. Hansa. This is amazing. This is like me pronouncing names. <laughs> God, this is great. But man, I mean, you talk about a damn league going down to the end of the to oh, the wire. Yeah. Man, I mean, so much can happen. Just think if St. Pauli can go beat Schalke. I mean, that leaves Schalke at fifty nine. That puts St. Pauli at fifty seven with a match to go. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a crazy league. I've been keeping up with that one for about six weeks now just because um, it's been so close. And, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. man, I, I'd, love, I'd personally love to see Hamburg and St. Pauli get back into the, the main Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Just because Hamburg is, Hamburg is, like, truly one of the biggest teams in Germany. Mm-hmm. As is Schalke. And it's like, yeah. well, how the hell did those two end up down there? But those Money. are, like, two really big clubs. Yeah. That are just have just been like um have just been kind of like underachieving for a while now, mm-hmm. and St. Pauli just have St. Pauli are just really freaking cool, man. They they have a they have like the best freaking gear, and two they're like one of those like super like with the with their fans type of teams, mm-hmm. and I think it'd just be a super cool atmosphere to see in the Bundesliga. But yeah, we're gonna keep our little eye on Bundesliga two over the next few weeks. And uh, and see what happens there. But, Tell you what, I yeah, am gonna man, go into my. I'm gonna go into my phone, uh, football app on my phone right now. Uh oh. And I am going to favorite Bundesliga two. Bundesliga two. So I get I get the the updates on that. Because uh, mm-hmm. you have you have convinced me for these for these next two weeks, mm-hmm. I am gonna be very invested in this. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I like to rock some St. Pauli gear. Just because, I mean, it's a freaking skull and crossbones on a football shirt. I mean, that's freaking awesome, man. It's not bad. It's not bad. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm keeping my eye on. I'm interested. All right. So with that, we're done with match talk. Uh, we are going to head to the news and notes now. Um, uh, we will start with the, the tragic story from this past week. Um, love him or hate him. Mino Rayola, football agent, dies aged 54 from the athletic staff. Um, fighting uh, off an illness, uh, was not able to come out of it, and uh, unfortunately has passed away. Uh, the agent for Erling Haaland, Paul Pogba, Zlatan, Delict, uh, Donnarumma, among many, many others. Mm-hmm. Um, also one of the most brash, outspoken people uh, in the sport. Uh, had a lot of great ideas trying to get his players more money also ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, uh, but West uh, truly, truly one of the big names in the game. Uh, and it is unfortunate that at 54, still a very young age to, uh, to go out like that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, you can, I, I don't care if you hate it or you love Mina. Um, I mean, to, to me personally, you know, I, don't, I can't tell you the last time Liverpool signed a Mina Riola player. So it's not like he ever really did much with my club. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was just one of those guys. It's like you'd be hearing the big names and be like, oh, Mino Raiola, Mino Raiola. It's like, oh, shit. You know you're, you know you're going to be in for a difficult negotiation. Uh, he would fight tooth and nail for his guys. He's an interesting story. So when he first got into football, he was working at a pizza shop in Amsterdam. It's like, I think his dad like owned a pizza shop and the guy who was like the managing director for Ajax mm-hmm. like, would come in there and Mino would talk to him and Mino looked at him one day and said, um, and said like, uh, you know, do you want to sell Dennis Bergkamp for a massive amount? And the guy's like, what? And he's like, I can do it. I can do it. I can sell Dennis Bergkamp. And the guy's like, all right, well, let's talk. And then they end up selling Birdcamp like the Juventus for like a, 
a world record at that time or something. And it's just like, what? And that was kind of like Mino Raiola's introduction into the world of football. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the dude's 54 years old, you know? Yeah. I mean, you had never heard of him having like health problems. It wasn't like he weighed 700 pounds or anything. I mean, he was a big dude, but he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like big, can't get around out of shape or anything. And then to hear, oh, yeah, he was sick. Well, you know, initially they had reported his death like 20 hours before, and people were like, Mina's not dead. And then mm-hmm. 20 hours later, he was like, oh, okay, now he's dead. Oh, yeah. Shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, then when you get into the football, Obviously, the whole Erling Holland saga that's been going on. Pogba's a free agent. I mean, those are two really big clients of his who you assume are going to be on the move this summer. Um, you just wonder, once again, on a footballing perspective, is that going to have any? Um, is that going to have any effect on those moves or, mm-hmm. or what those guys end up doing? Because, uh, man, Mino was something. God, Mino was the one who, like, shit, when he moved Pogba to United, he got he made, like, a 50 million pound commission mm-hmm. on it or something. It's like, what the hell? Like, well, I mean, if you're going to get that, you'll obviously get it from United. So, you know. uh, but, yeah, just uh, sad. Sad yeah. for him and sad for his family. You know, once again, whatever you thought about him on a more personal footballing basis, that's up to you, but still sad that anyone goes, especially at an age like that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh tough loss for the footballing world. Um, as we, as we move on from that, um, uh, many, many reported places. Uh, this article though, um, from Kalman, Kalman O'Neill. Oh, uh, Keith O'Neill. Keith O'Neill. God, yeah, she, she's Irish. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. Just like just like your goalie. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Analyzed Jurgen Klopp's reasons for extending his stay at Liverpool. Um, so obviously with his big announcement that he will be uh, staying on until 2026, um, that, that has uh, really changed the footballing landscape over uh, in in England, because I think a lot of people kind of assumed that this was pretty much going to be. I mean, we were even talking a couple weeks ago, like one or two more years, and that's that's probably going to be it. And then it's who's coming next? Well, it's <laughs> it's going to be a little bit more than that now. Um, and maybe one has to wonder if maybe that doesn't keep Pep around a little bit longer as well. Um, but obviously, a big deal, Wes. We've already touched on a little bit, but obviously, you know. Again, one one of the biggest things to happen for you last week. Well, I mean, and let let's let's jump into that just a little bit. Liverpool are trying to re-sign Mo Salah. They've got decisions to make on. They've got decisions to make um, going into the next couple years on um, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Nabi Keita, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain. They're all up in the next year or so. <clears throat> But man, the biggest signing is right there. The biggest signing is Jurgen Klopp, because since the day that man walked into the club, and Ed, you, you and I were doing this pod when they hired Jurgen Klopp, and I think you noticed the extreme giddiness that I had at that moment. Mm-hmm. 
and it ain't changed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and when you just look at what Jurgen Klopp has done for that club and for the franchise and for just everything that's happened, you know, the other names that were going, the other big name that was going around at the moment when Klopp was hired was actually Carlo Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Carlo Ancelotti could have come into Liverpool. I think he would have done just fine. I don't know. We saw what he did at the other Merseyside club, but, I mean, <laughs> come on, that's Everton, dude. But um, Jurgen Klopp fit Liverpool like that old pair of jeans that was that's in your drawer that you know are just perfect. Jurgen Klopp was that fit for Liverpool. And he has... I mean, it's it's like literally since the first day the man walked into Anfield, it's like, I mean, can you literally come up with a more perfect match here? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if Klopp had left after the contract ended in 2024, obviously we would have been devastated, just like we're going to be after 2026, we're going to be devastated. But, you know, he would have left with all the love and affection that Liverpool could give him. And now the fact that he's gone and extended it another two years past that. I mean, to me, we're, we're hitting the gravy section of the Jurgen Klopp thing. Now it's like everything from here on out is gravy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take it. We'll see what happens this year. Do we win the quadruple? Do we win a double? Do we win a treble? Whatever. You know, it's all good. Um, and I think one thing that's really interesting, and I think, you know, any, I think that any club, their fans would absolutely adore what Jurgen Klopp did here, which is basically added two years to his contract. He did not, he didn't get a raise. He mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't get any more money. The only thing that he wanted was he did get raises for his assistants and for his staff, which, okay, cool. And then he just wanted assurances that uh, he wanted assurances that they were going to sort out the Sala and Mane contracts. However, that happens, they're going to be sorted out. And he wanted to be sure that Liverpool, that the ownership was um, willing to uh, to invest into the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what more as a fan could you ask for? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, all the guy wants is to assure that you're going to keep going for it and that you take care of his people. So uh, it, Liverpool is kind of a weird city. They're, they're a city that's gone through a lot in their history. Um, and they're, they're very insular, and they are very somewhat judgmental of the people who are in high positions in that city. Mm-hmm. And man, it's like Jurgen Klopp just has his finger on the pulse. He knows, he knows how to. I don't want to say the words "work" that city because I don't think he's working them. He just he gets the ethos of that city, and he's right along with them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a match made in heaven, and we'll see four more years to see what we can do if we can keep stacking some trophies and adding them to the cabinet. Um, so four more years, I think, to live what is, you know, we've got to admit it, this is a golden era of Liverpool Football Club. Mm-hmm. So this is 
This is right up there with the Shankly, Paisley, into Kenny Dalglish era. I don't know if this one's going to last quite as long just because I don't think we're getting 20 years of clock. <laughs> but, um, God, that'd be great. But uh, it, it is it is truly a golden era of, of Liverpool football right now. And, you know, you just got to ride it because we've seen at Manchester United, not, not to, I'm not piling on United here, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen what time. can happen when the iconic manager, when the guy who's leading the way, um, mm-hmm. When he leaves, you you've seen what can happen. So um, you Absolutely. know, enjoy it, enjoy it while you got it. For sure. So that is that is big news coming out. And uh, again, maybe maybe it entices Pep to stay a little bit longer so they can keep jousting. Um, this by on kind of the other side when you were just talking about Wes from Laurie Whitwell. Uh, Rania could balance Austria job with Manchester United consultancy role. Uh, this comes after, of course, um, yeah. uh, Eric Ten Hag has officially taken the job. I, it just seems like this whole Raniuk thing is just not going to actually end up being anything, no. which makes makes every the entire signing just that much weirder. And just I, I, I don't understand it at all. But hey, it's United, and that's kind of where they are at this point. No. I mean, why would? Why would Eric Ten Hag be cool with like, oh, okay, you're the Austrian manager and you're going to be here like three days a month to tell me how to run my club? Yeah. What the fuck? That's stupid. No, you'll get a you'll get a small press release sometime during the summer that uh, Ralph Ranić and United have parted ways. They might pay out his contract. Who knows? But nah, dog. That's uh, this, this is all just covering things right now, just saying what needs to be said and what they want people to hear, but. Yeah, I think this whole Ralph Ranić experiment, and and that's the thing, man. I don't know. I don't know if long term the Ranić experiment couldn't work. Not him mm-hmm. as the manager. No. no, no, not him as the manager. No, but you know him as you know consulting and you know basically trying to put in a a a Red Bull style system there for doing things. But I mean, it almost smacks of United being like, oh, well, this didn't work fast enough. We're out. On to the next, on to the next idea. So, and honestly, if United keep that shit up forever, it ain't gonna hurt my feelings. So. <laughs> uh, Eight hog, nine hog, ten hog. <laughs> Apparently, that's the song they've come up with. So, so creative, just amazing stuff. United. Um, we'll wrap up on this one. Uh, from Luke Bosher. Um, maybe maybe a little bit of surprising news, especially after we talked about uh PSG. A little bit earlier in the pod. Um, Pochettino says he will, quote, 100%, end quote, be at PSG next season, along with Kylian Mbappe. I, I think oh. there's about as much a chance as that happening as Ralph Ranić staying on as a consultant at United. Um, oh, man. I actually think there's a better chance Ranić stays on. Um, God bless... I I just I do not I I think Mbappe absolutely isn't staying. I think there's an outside chance Pochettino stays, like a very outside chance. But I I genuinely think the chances of Mbappe staying are are zero point zero 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 one percent. So no, there this is not happening, Poch. I love you so much. This isn't happening, buddy. No. Yeah, Poch is in a spot where it's like. The best thing Pochettino could do at this point is just like stop talking. 
Yeah. It's like, dude, come on now. Oh, man. Pochettino's such an interesting subject here because God, you talk about somebody whose star has fallen in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, United basically turned him down twice. And I don't know. I heard someone I heard someone talk in the last few weeks that like literally the only place they could see the only big job they could see Pochettino going to would like literally be to go back to Spurs. Yeah. Because it's just it's like is Pochettino too tainted at this point to get like a job a bigger job right now? But then it would be yeah. weird going back to Spurs because it's like, well, I mean, you fired him once. Well, why suddenly are you going to bring him back now? But, you know, if let's just say because, I mean, God, Antonio Conte, I, I can't figure out what the hell Antonio Conte wants from life. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you've got a team that you've almost wheeled into the Champions League and then you're out there like, oh, well, you know, I go work for uh, I go work for PSG. If they want me, they can come and get me. It's like, why are you saying this? I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I think that he is a hell of a manager. God, sometimes I just don't know why he does what he does. Oh me, but you know, I mean, I, I could almost see a scenario where, you know. They would go and get him, get Conte, and then turn around and Pochettino end up back at Spurs, which would just be like, it would almost be like, well, it's Spurs. I I got to be perfectly honest. I I don't think Conte is leaving this summer. I really don't. Hey, I, I agree, but I I agree, but I've seen crazier things happen. You know. Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not impossible. I just, I don't actually think it's going to happen. Right. So. All right. Well, Will they fire him in the middle of next year? No, that eh. I can't eh. say that not on that, but, you know. Conte, Conte is a crazy motherfucker. Yes, he is. Yes. He's a yeah. hell of a manager. He is crazy as shit. <laughs> oh, those Italians. Oh, man. All right, Wes. Other, uh, other than, yeah. other than oh, Ancelotti, ahead. yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I meant to bring this up uh, when we were talking about the, the other leagues real quick before we get into Pim and the Athletic. Um, congratulations to Carlo Ancelotti, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first manager to win uh, the league in all five major European regions. He's won in England, Germany, France, Spain, and Italy. So congrats, Carlo. Well, well done, and and you and you actually did a decent job at Everton, which is like essentially winning Leon. So good, good on you, buddy. Oh, magnifico, Everton <laughs> Italiano. Amazing, amazing. All right, Wes, what you got from the Athletic this week? What what you been reading? Well, since you just brought that up about Carlo James Horncastle. From pig who can't coach to pride at winning big five leagues, Hulk Ancelotti completed the European quest. So there you go. Yeah, I just sang you guys the song. So go read the story about Carlo, who was called a pig who can't <laughs> coach. All the Italians have just wonderful, wonderful ways of talking about people. Um, absolutely love it. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester United, and the number 20, Oliver K. This came out 
um, last Saturday. Um, just talking about the number 20, that's big because Manchester United have 20 league titles. Liverpool have 19. Liverpool can find a way over the hump. They tie United back at the top of uh, the all-time English first English top flight is what we'll call it, I guess. English top flight championships. Um, there's also just some interesting little number 20 things in there. It's a fun little story. Um, even more fun, me being a Liverpool fan. But anyway, um, a quick look ahead. The NFL draft this past weekend. A quick look ahead. Uh, Scott Docterman uh, came out with a, a, uh, a group of players who could headline the 2023 draft. Bryce showing C.J. Stroud and other college players who could headline the 2023 NFL draft. You can check that out. Um, and then one more little United story that uh, has come out in the last day. Uh, City's team deal, United's 25% pay cuts, football bonuses, and how they work. So uh, if you want to take a deep dive into how these millionaires make their millions and how they get bonuses and how if they don't achieve what they're supposed to, by God, they're going to cut your salary. <laughs> uh, go check that out. Really cool story by Greg Evans. Um, okay. re- really cool little story there. Awesome. Uh, I just have one story. Um, this coming from the world of college basketball. Um, this was kind of an easy and interesting one from Dan O'Neill, Yemon Brennan, and more. Uh, the the lovely, lovely and more tag on here. Uh, who is to blame for the situation with Miami? Isaiah Wong? Roundtable. Uh, this Isaiah Wong story has been really weird. Um, and, and is maybe what every pro-clutching person who who doesn't want nil rights and and players getting paid in college this was like their biggest fear isaiah wong essentially came out uh this past week and was like yeah if uh if y'all don't give me more in nil money i'm transferring which i gotta say isn't like the best thing i I am not opposed to players getting paid um (laughs) this he could have maybe been a little bit more delicate about this. Maybe, maybe try to do this a little more under, I mean, kind of under the radar and just be a little more hush hush about this. But uh, yeah, this is, this is the next step in the, the can of worms that is NIL, which again, good for players, get paid, make that money. But uh, oh, oh boy, is this going to be interesting to watch play out. And this is not the only one that's like this. Well, the, the big one that's been going on, uh, well, the big thing in, in the football side uh, the that was going right? on over the weekend, yeah, pit player uh, Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. Addison won the freaking Bolitnikoff Award this mm-hmm. past year. Nation's top wide receiver, first-team All-American. And he's now, well, he it hasn't been officially confirmed that he's in the transfer portal, but apparently he's going into the transfer portal and part of it is because, um, you know, uh, apparently USC has a fat NIL deal for him. Yeah. And now, now I think obviously there are extenuating circumstances of that. Um, Pitt have had a lot of turnover this offseason. Of course, their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, uh, was just a first-round draft pick of the Steelers. Um, their offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, left and went to Nebraska. Uh, they've had a lot of change, and you know, you, 
you can't blame a guy like Jordan Addison looking around like, okay, um, you know, I'm trying to go to the NFL. I want to be a first round pick. I want to get that money. How does this affect me? So I don't have a problem with that looking, but it's like, God, what, what's getting to the college guys now is the perception that people are getting. And also yeah. with Jordan Addison, it's coming down to was he tampered, was he, quote, tampered with yeah. by Lincoln Riley at USC? Well, now it's coming out. They're saying, well, you know, apparently he's friends with, um, you know, the kid who just transferred from Oklahoma to be the quarterback, who's uh, the Williams kid whose name I'm suddenly just blanking on. I can't remember his first name. Uh, but, you know, big-time quarterback there. You know, he's been talking to him, oh, man, you should come. But, you know, NIL with the one-year transfer, with the with the one-time transfer rule, I, I'm kind of wondering if we're just seeing like a wild, wild west first year here. Maybe. And things are going to calm down a little bit because, well, here's the thing, things have got to calm down some because once you use that transfer, you're kind of stuck there, you know? Right. There's this whole thing going around. It's like, man, is it is it almost better for us to just work the transfer portal even more than the high school guys? Because the thing is, if you get them out of the transfer portal, well, you know that it's your guy then because they've used their transfer. Right. Where you can go get all the high school kids you want, and they can turn around and leave after a year if they want to. Mm-hmm. There's so much to this, and the toothlessness of the NCAA doesn't help. You know, I, I'm I'm in the boat with you. I am all for NIL. I am all for these kids getting paid. Make some money, young men. As I said earlier, I'm a capitalist. I think you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And if somebody's willing to pay you a million bucks to come and um, John Ruiz down at Miami, what you were talking about, John Ruiz owns a company called Life Wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, yep. these guys are going and doing commercials for Life Wallet, and, and they're getting paid by John Ruiz. Cool. Awesome. Hey, that's what you do. And, you know, if somebody's willing to pay you to do that and they want you to come play football or basketball at the school, extra awesome. That's great. One thing I like about college is it's not the NFL. It's not unfettered free agency every year. You know, like I'm an East Carolina guy. You guys know I love the Miami Hurricanes too, and it's awesome what Miami's doing. But also at heart, I'm an East Carolina guy. Does this now mean that every time East Carolina gets a good player, I can immediately be like, well, you know, he's he's going to the SEC next year. Yeah. Or shit, he's going to the Big Ten or he's going to the ACC next year because, you know, uh, let, let's just say East Carolina gets a big-time wide receiver who was a three-star and then develops into a, you know, a, a, a guy who's like, all AAC, all conference, and catches 100 balls, do I now have to be worried that UNC and NC State's going to come in and just try to take him because they can, because they've got more money, or because they can get him a better NIL deal? I mean, that part freaking sucks, man. Yeah. You know, in the past, guys transferred because, you know, things weren't going well for them, or, you know, they needed a change of scenery. Now guys are out here. It's like, oh, well, I had a big year here. So it, it's, I hate to say, it, it's almost like soccer. You know, oh, I had, yeah. a, I had a great year for Aston Villa. So now, oh, 
man, now Manchester United are going to come in and pay the shit out of me. Man, I don't want to see that in college so much, but I don't know. The the problem is there's there's no real rules on NIL at this point. The NCAA are not in a position to make rules because they are basically a completely toothless organization now. Congress Congress is like the only one who can really make a rule on this. They've kind of got other things going on right now, if you hadn't noticed. Oh, yeah. So I don't know, man. It might be for the next... For the next 24 months, it might be the Wild Wild West. We're just going to deal with this every year. So, um, God bless it. I will say one thing. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it keeps things interesting. So, um, yeah, as a big college football fan, just buckle up because it ain't it ain't in in no time soon, I don't think. Not at all. Not at all it's 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 gonna be fun and it's it's, just, it's pretty much gonna be football and basketball players who are gonna be doing this uh not that they're the only ones getting nil deals uh but they're probably the only ones who are gonna be transferring over them um but yeah it's a well, lot they're, of they're uh, definitely the ones getting the bigger deals at this point you know sure you know i could i, I can see the baseball guys transferring i can i mean i just they, they just they're just not the high profile ones well here, here's here's what we'll do um and I'll, i'm gonna do you want to start on the watch four? I'm actually going to look up the top NIL deals because I feel like I actually feel like a lot mm-hmm. of gymnasts are actually in the uh, the top NIL deals right now. I don't mm-hmm. know how to look this up exactly, but and so that's those are the ones I think. Um, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you, just just type in Olivia Dunn and see what she's making because Jesus No, I saw I saw her. She's the LSU gymnast, right? Yes, she is. Yeah, I I was um I got really mad at that. Um I was I got an email. We might not Wes, have you watched anything in the last week? I watched part of season 22 of South Park. Once again, I'm in the process of moving, changing jobs, got married, getting dogs. My kid's birthday's here. I'm turning 40 this week. Man, it's time to watch shit. Awesome. The Owl House is back on Disney. Everybody should go watch The Owl House. It's amazing. Um, uh, So I was, so I got an email. This is probably a couple months ago. And it was one of those like corporate strategist emails, like, "Oh, you you work in with lawyers and stuff." Oh, yeah. Uh, let me, yeah. Uh, but one thing was like, this, this woman. Um, I'm actually I actually want to see if I can find it because I I messaged this to someone and it just infuriated me so much. So th- she was the one where you were talking about was part of it, but uh-huh. it wasn't the thing that initially triggered me. Um, Ew. Oh god. Um, it was a cinch- Oh, here we go. Quote of the month. This was this was on uh this this email. Quote of the month. Heard of the uh, heard of the TikToker who manifested her way to making six figures a day using Excel. Quote. Mm-hmm. My my biggest secret for sourcing inspiration is energy management. I typically block off an entire day to give myself the space to get creative. On those days, I meditate to get myself into a creative flow state where I get intuitive hits about what types of content will go viral. That's Kat Norton, Chief Excel Officer at Microsoft. 
Um, that like infuriated me. That was that like literally made my head explode. I'm like, I cannot believe you just put those words into that sentence structure. It boggles my mind. Um, but then in that same email was like, uh, the, farther down was like a section on NIL people. And it was like people mm. you might not expect. And she was like the third, I think, highest NIL uh, person. I was like, you, you're not getting these NIL deals because you're good at gymnastics. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, let's be real. Now, I, I, from what I understand, she is a good gymnast. I mean, she's that's not why she's getting the deals. She's she's freaking gorgeous. Let's just get that out of there. Look at Dunn. She's she's absolute smoke. If if we if we look at her Instagram, it's not a whole lot of actual gymnastics. Yeah, I know because when I went on her Instagram, I saw followed by Wes Bradshaw. I was like, oh, I bet I know why. Well, I mean, Ed, you know, I gotta do market research, you know. Absolutely, discerning tastes. I I understand. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm a, I'm a marketing journalist. Yeah. He, he yeah, was just doing Randall. research on NIL deals. It's it's what it is. Yeah, do you know Randy Randall? <laughs> Good old Rando. Oh, he needs oh. NIL, yeah, he does. So yeah, that's that's when I was like, and because it wasn't only her. I think there was, I feel like there was a couple girls at Stanford who were also like getting so big there NIL. Were, there were twin. There were twin basketball sisters who played at Fresno, who just yes, transferred to Miami. Yeah, that was another one. Yep. Yes, because and they got the big life lot deal, or life mm-hmm. wallet, life wallet deal. They got a big nil deal to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's out there, man. I mean, you know, once again, I'm I'm cool with people. You know, hey, make your bag, secure the mm-hmm. bag. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, man, they just they've got to find a way to. Uh, they, they've got to find a way to make this work where for both the transfer portal and me and I'll where, I mean, basically you've got people turning into like straight up mercenaries right now. Yeah. And it's just, I don't think long, long term, it's not going to be good for the game. Yeah. That's kind of my deal. You know, make your money, but long term, you know, long term, what? It, how good is this for the health of the game? So, yeah, um, I will also say, uh, pro tip to uh, all uh, young athletes out there uh, getting getting those nil deals: do not get paid in fucking NFTs and crypto. Don't, especially not NFTs. Don't fucking do it. It's a scam. Stop it. Same NFTs. Uh, so I actually, I went to a restaurant today and for the first time they had a thing on the wall that said, if you want to pay in cryptocurrency, like scan this uh, barcode. Was that a oh, chain or was it a, was it a local? No, it was a, it was a place of Wilson something rabble and ramble or I can't remember what else. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It was a damn good burger. I'm not like, I'm not as hard on crypto. As uh-huh. I am on NFTs, like I kind of, I kind of get crypto. NFTs uh-huh. are a fucking scam, man. They're just, they're just a fucking scam. 
Yeah, I, I ain't got nothing for NFTs. I, I I can't I can't totally figure them out. I just think they're fucking stupid at this point. And that's kind of my thing. Yes, uh, we went to Ruckus and Redemption today in Wilson. It was it was a very good burger. Um, Interesting, because there's a there's a there's a Ruckus there's a couple Ruckuses here in like the 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 redacted just outside of Raleigh area. Um, uh, I, w- I wonder if somebody like owns a handful of them or something. Maybe, maybe. Mine, but um, very good. But yeah, I just I, I saw that like I was going to the bathroom and it was on the wall. It was like, oh, if you want to pay in crypto, and I was like, oh, is is that a thing? I was like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Well, I mean, at this I, point, I just, you have to, never seen you. you have to you have to declare crypto on taxes now. Like, interesting. yeah, interesting. Which is part of what made the entire thing collapse. Not collapse, but especially NFTs. A bunch of idiots yeah. bought them as like uh, like a quote-unquote investment and mm-hmm. spent a shit ton of money on them and didn't realize, oh yeah, that's income now, idiot. Now you have to pay taxes on that. Oh, what's that? You don't have uh, $150,000 because you already spent it, so you can't pay your taxes? Well, sucks to be you. So Sucks to be you. I'm Uncle Sam, and I don't take no from nobody. It's it's been very fun watching watching that happen on Twitter. Oh, it's mm, it's. Oh, I can totally imagine. Delicious little finger foods. All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Afford Affair podcast. Episode four thirteen is in the books. Uh, thanks again. Today, yeah. yeah, we did. We were fired up. Uh, thanks thanks to Manchester City for making this an interesting podcast. Uh, thanks to Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you want to shoot us a voice message, maybe you want to defend Pep Guardiola, or maybe you want to talk about how excited you were about Jurgen Klopp uh, uh, re-signing with Liverpool for for a two-year extension, and that that it definitely overshadowed Wes's, Wes's wedding... Um, just, just click on the link in the description and if, and if, we, if it's good quality, we'll, uh, we'll use it on the podcast. Um, so we'll be back next week. Uh, more Premier League, a bunch of Premier League to talk about as we hit the home stretch there. Uh, and then we'll have a preview of the FA Cup final, which will be the weekend after that. Uh, but before we get out of here, Wes, anything else to add? Um... Well, you know, we've already talked enough baseball tonight. Uh, I will just, I will add an observation, Ed. Uh, some things we learned from uh, our brethren in Hollywood over the last few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't shit on someone's bed. <laughs> and, um, and you know, if you're going to try to spear Dave Chappelle on stage, you might want to get your shoulder into his midsection or you're just going to bounce off of him and you're going to end up a lot worse for wear than he did. Also, make sure Jamie Foxx isn't around, maybe. Damn right, man. I'd be terrified if I looked up and fucking Django was coming after me. I was in that guy was in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. Come on, Jamie Foxx is a bad motherfucker. I like Jamie Foxx, he's a cool dude. He is, he is. So, and that, Chris Rock was also in the house. Of all things, Chris Rock was yeah. in the house. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw Chris Rock came out with another little quip about that. That was, oh boy, he that's said, never going to uh, he, said, he said, Was that Will Smith? And Dave Chappelle said, hey, I thought that was you. <laughs> Oh, oh good my. times, Hollywood, shitting in beds and trying to spear Dave Chappelle. I love it. Oh, uh, that's that's what I've that's what I've Amber heard. Can't um, wait for Uncle Man to. 
<laughs> Amber heard that too, my friend. <laughs> oh man. On that Ooh. terrible pun, that's McCollin Crime West Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week on the AFA pod. Until next time, everyone, please, please stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Manchester. Are you motherfuckers happy tonight? Nope. It's a bad week. <laughs>